eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm senior editor of Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear, And uh, it's been a while. I realized that. Took a little, little break from the podcast, but we're back. Lots to talk about. Um, by the time you hear this, I am assuming that the new basketball rankings for 24-7 sports uh, will have come out. We will have a podcast highlighting that. But I figured in the monumental news on Tuesday that Arizona is no longer the only team in the country to not have a football commit. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I know you're in quarantine, but pop the bubbly, set off some fireworks, do whatever you do to celebrate. Arizona football got a commitment for their 2021 class, and it's it's not a bad one. Um, Colby Cage, he's a solid three-star prospect, has the ability to play linebacker and safety. My guess is that he moves around a little bit once he comes to Arizona, um, but he has the ability to play both. Uh, talking to a source close to the program, they like his versatility quite uh, quite a bit. They like the fact that they can move him around and, and he's not pigeonholed, uh, pigeonholed into one um, position. Uh, and the thing is that they actually, you know, and I understand that uh, it's, it's an interesting situation because he's the only commit, but um, they are taking their time with everything. And I realize that... Um, People are impatient, and, and I'm not here to say that they're wrong. Uh, you know, the, the football program isn't headed in the best direction, or at least it feels like it's not headed in the best direction. Um, and obviously, with all this being said, I'm assuming there will be a football season. That's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother argument. Um, I'll just say this. It is currently May 5th, and I think that anybody that is pretending like they have a clue of whether or not there will be a college football season is full of it. You can have presidents of schools, athletic directors, random players saying stuff. I don't think anybody knows. Um, I believe that they're coming up with multiple plans. 
Um, those plans will include playing only conference games. So the Pac-12 would only play Pac-12 teams. It includes region type of stuff, shortened season starting in January, whatever it may be. But I don't believe that anyone that is saying with confidence, oh, yeah, there's going to be a season, um, actually knows that there's going to be a season. I do think my opinion is that um, there almost has to be a season because of the financial implications and I understand that I just got off on a huge tangent. But with all that being said, we are going ahead um, as if business, you know, business as usual. And Arizona got a commitment from Colby Cage, like I mentioned, and he fits in well with what Paul Rhodes wants to do uh, with this defense. Obviously, I'm making the assumption that Paul Rhodes will be the defensive quarter, uh, coordinator in a couple seasons. I realize that if Arizona doesn't win many football games this season, it is going to be a very interesting offseason um i would have said before that if arizona doesn't make a bowl uh kevin sumlin would pretty much be guaranteed to to be let go but now with the whole coronavirus arizona athletic department in in a bad financial situation the amount of money it would cost kevin sumlin or cost arizona to buy out kevin sumlin if things go bad i don't think that we can say any longer for certain that sumlin would be out if arizona had a losing season my guess is that arizona would find a way but again, I can't say that with certainty because we just don't know what college football, what college athletics is going to look like a year or two from now. So obviously I'm going forward with the assumption in recruiting that these guys are going to play for Sumlin. These guys are going to play for Paul Rhodes. And I think Colby Cage is a good fit for what Rhodes likes to do with that four linebacker set and kind of moving guys around because he can play linebacker. He could rush the passer off the edge if need be. He could drop back into safety. He's not a true nickel. I, I think that Arizona will probably look and continue to look for more of a, a true nickel. Um, but he's a guy that, again, you know, versatile player. And, and really, I, I'm not a big fan of guys that can only play one position. Like if you take a look at an outside linebacker and the only thing he's playing is outside linebacker, I have some questions. Colby Cage could put on more weight, become a true linebacker. Uh, he could stick to safety, et cetera. There's options for him. So it's not a bad pickup. Um, the, the one thing I'll say before I move on to the, kind of the overall scheme is I've been in this business for a while now, uh, like 15 years or so now. Um, it's been a while. And the one thing that always bothers me is when reporters go to Twitter or message boards and, and uh, people go to message boards and they diss the recruit. Um, you got to keep in mind, like these recruits are playing football to try to go to college and get a scholarship so their parents don't have to pay for four years of education. And if they're good enough to do that, no matter where it is, God bless them. So when a kid like Colby Cage commits to Arizona and there's tweets saying that someone's a terrible recruiter because he took a guy like Colby Cage, it is completely insulting to the kid. If you want to diss someone and say that he's not recruiting well enough, I think that's fine. Those are adults getting paid millions of dollars. If you're like, hey, Colby Cage isn't good enough, the kids read it. I mean, you look at Colby Cage's Twitter, he's reading it. I mean, when you have a, a, a big-time reporter from The Athletic tweeting that, uh, you know, Kevin Sumlin sucks because he took Colby Cage. That's just ridiculous to me. If you want to take a look at the overall bigger picture, I get it. But to call out a recruit like that is is ridiculous. These kids are doing things that a lot of us could only dream of. They're in financial situations that people don't have a, a firm grasp on. If they can get a scholarship, and I'm not saying they get a scholarship and they, you know, they suck and, you know, I, I get that 
there's things that happen there and that football's about winning. But at the end of the day, these are high school juniors. Um, you know, they've gotten football taken away from them this year. Uh, maybe next year, et cetera. Right now it's taken away spring ball. At least it's taken away from them. And, you know, they're getting scholarships and they're committing to, to major power five schools, all the credit to them. And it, it's just a, a pet peeve of mine um, when I hear stuff like that with, with Arizona football, um, it wasn't all positive news on, on Tuesday. Easton Mascarenas uh, committed to Oregon State. He was a player that Arizona liked. Uh, I think he's really good. One of my favorite players in the West. I think Oregon State got a steal. No offense to Arizona. No offense to Oregon State. I think he's better than that. I really do. I think he is a, a top of the Pac-12 type of player. Um, and then Jonah Miller, obviously, you know, making his top six and, and not including Arizona. Um, both of them are bad looks for different reasons. The first one with Mascarenas is the fact that his mom, Tony, is a softball legend at Arizona. If you haven't heard of her, look it up. She's literally one of the best players in school history um, uh, for a softball program that's one of the best in NCAA uh, for a long time. So it, it, that's a big deal. His cousin is currently on the team. Uh, won't name who he is, but um, it, it is a situation where Arizona wanted him, had a family tie, and for whatever reason, Arizona can't close out these family deals. Um, Jalen Harris is on the team, obviously, but you know Arizona lost Jason Harris. Major family connection there. Mascarenas may not have played football, or Tony Mascarenas may not have played football, but there's a connection to the university um, there as well. And, and so for Arizona to lose him it is a hit. Uh, I actually think that losing him is a bigger hit than Jonah Miller not going to Arizona. Um, in recruiting circles, especially locally, Arizona was never in it for Jonah Miller. And that might be the negative thing. It's not the fact that Arizona didn't make Jonah Miller's top six. It was that Arizona was never in contention to make Jonah Miller's top six. Wasn't aggressive enough with him early on. He has NFL aspirations that he just doesn't see happening at Arizona. Doesn't have any ties to Arizona. Um, we've discussed ad nauseum with, you know, last year about how Arizona's relationship with Sal Point uh, wasn't the best with Bijan and, and things like that. And it's not for a lack of effort necessarily. Um, there's maybe things that the coaching staff could have done differently, but even if they did, I'm not sure it would have helped in the long run. And it is part of a bigger issue that, frankly, again, I've been doing this for a long time, and, and I don't have the answer. And ASU has the same issue, is why don't these players in Arizona want to go to school in Arizona? And I think about this a lot. I'm asked on radio in Arizona and nationally about this, and I don't have the answer because I'm not sure there's a clear answer. Um, you know, I asked Jamari Joyner last season, I say, look, man, like, why, why don't you went to Arizona? You're a Tucson kid. You could have gone elsewhere. Why did you choose Arizona? And, and why do other kids not choose Arizona? And his answer, not saying I agree with it, was that a lot of kids want the clout. They want the attention. And the at the end of the day, that attention isn't going to be received at Arizona. Um, you know, you take a look at a kid like Kadeem Carey, who was a legend here at Arizona, if Kadeem Carey put up his numbers at a place like, say, Alabama, and they won a few more games, Kadeem Carey has a Heisman Trophy. Um, I, there's no doubt in my mind about that. 
Um, to a lot of people, Kadeem Carey was just a really good running back. But at Tucson and the people that paid attention, we know how good a guy like Kadeem Carey was. And so you look a guy at Jonah Miller, maybe not him specifically, but players in the state in general, and they're saying, look, I could go to Arizona and be really good. But if I'm really good at a USC, an Oregon, an Alabama, a, a, even a Washington, I'm going to get a lot more attention than if I'm really good at, say, Arizona. And again, it, it may be wrong. It may be completely right. Um, you know, it's hard to say because Arizona doesn't get those players that come in and dominate. They're, they're far and few in between. Khalil Tate got plenty of national attention, got Heisman mentions when he was killing it for Rich Rodriguez. And, uh, you know, that we obviously know what happened after that, but he got plenty of attention in the national press when he was at Arizona and killing it. it it's possible. But for whatever reason, you know, these kids want to leave. And, and I think another part of it is that the state of Arizona is very unique. Uh, when kids go to school in California at USC and UCLA, they grew up in California. That's where they were born and raised. With Arizona, I, I call it a transplant state. Um, there's a lot of kids in Phoenix that, like Scottsdale Saguaro, you look around, and a lot of those kids aren't from Phoenix. They're from elsewhere, and they moved to Phoenix for whatever reason. A lot of these kids, uh, you know, they don't consider Tempe and Phoenix home. It's a place they lived. They went to high school there. But it's not like they have family ties. And Tucson, obviously, again, it's, um, you know, you'll get your one good player every few years. You'll get your Cam Denson. You'll get your Jamari Joyner, whatever it be. Maybe there's one kid a year that you would take locally in Tucson, if that. Very rarely are there more than that. Um, and you can make a push for more kids than that. But, hey, I mean, you're not going to take a kid that you don't think is good enough just because they're from Tucson. And so you go to the Phoenix area. It's still two hours away. Kids that grow up in Phoenix are generally going to want to go to ASU if they do want to stay in state. And so you're fighting that as well. Uh, it's not as easy to get to Tucson as it is other places. Um, it, it's th There's a variety of reasons. And you can try. I mean, coaches have tried. Mike Stoops tried his butt off. Rich Rodriguez tried. Kevin Sumlin is trying. Like, I don't want to present a scenario where people are saying to themselves, none of the coaches Arizona has had have tried to recruit in-state. These coaches have tried. I mean, I think one of the reasons why Paul Rhodes was hired was because, beyond the fact that I think he's a good defensive coordinator, he recruited really well uh, to UCLA. He recruited Arizona better than Arizona recruited <laughs> within its own state. So someone it mentioned it at the press conference when he introduced Rhodes. He said, hey, I'm hoping this guy could help us recruit Arizona. And we're seeing... Rhodes offer guys that maybe Arizona didn't offer. He's offering guys in Chandler. He's offering guys locally, etc. And they're trying. Does that mean these kids are going to go to Arizona? Not necessarily. But after a while, you kind of say to yourself, look, maybe it's a, it's a bigger picture deal. Maybe it's not just Arizona. And someone asked me on Twitter today, they said, you know, why do I think that Arizona can't get the kids? And I think the, the recipe is simple. It starts with winning. But the problem is Arizona's not winning. So if you're Arizona right now, and I'm only I'm not trying to crap on Arizona too much, but if you're Arizona, you're selling a local kid on what? Well, you're not winning. You don't have a long tradition of winning. There's only a few positions where you could really sell people on a successful tradition of players. I think you could do that for running back for the most part. I think you could do that at linebacker. Arizona's had some good corners. I think you could point in the direction of that, but Arizona doesn't have any dominant receivers. Um, Rob Gronkowski, you can only recruit at tight end and use his name for so long. 
quarterback, you know, how many good quarterbacks has Arizona had over the years? Even the good ones turned out, uh, you know, not to end their career on, on that high of a note. I mean, it, it's Khalil Tate was great for a few years. We know how he ended his career. Tuitama started off great. We know how he ended his career. Uh, Nick Foles, I guess. Matt Scott was solid. You know, but there's not like this NFL lineage. And so when you're trying to sell a kid on Arizona football, you're basically saying, hey, you know, you're, you're the guy that helped us turn it around. And people say, how does how do losing teams recruit? And usually what you see is losing teams that hire a new coach have certain type of momentum. Arizona did not have the momentum. I've discussed this. I think that someone made some staff mistakes, and, and that really impacted the staff, especially the defensive coaching staff. I think he hired a few guys that flat out didn't recruit. Um, and, and it's hard to do at Arizona. You need to be either be really good at recruiting or be really good at evaluating. Um, and, and so... that's the challenge of, of recruiting at Arizona. Like it's, you're not going to be able to dominate recruiting. You have to be good at evaluating. That's how you start off. And when you win, you could get a little better at recruiting. Stoops was very good at evaluating and recruiting. Um, you can say all you want about his coaching, but he landed some very good players at Arizona. John Makovic, as bad of a coach as he was, if you look at his recruiting rankings, they were pretty good. Now, a lot of those guys didn't pan out. That's the nature of the business, but overall, his recruiting rankings were uh, pretty good. And so, looking overall at the picture, I, I don't know if Kevin Sumlin has the answer to how to turn around this program. I don't know if he is 100% to blame. Um, I will say that I do believe he came into Arizona thinking that the job would be easier than it was. I think a lot of coaches make that mistake. Um, and let's be clear. Arizona, for football, is a very difficult place to succeed. And we have plenty of years to, of proof. So it, it's a situation where I, I you know, nobody, it, the success, the, the overall direction of the program isn't lost on anyone. Kevin Sumlin knows if he's not successful moving forward, he's not going to be the coach of Arizona. Uh, recruits know that if seven, if Kevin Sumlin isn't successful, he's going to get fired. So these guys have a choice. They can go to Arizona like Colby Cage did and say, I'm going to help you turn this thing around. Or they could say, look, man, I'm, I'm not touching Arizona. And a lot of kids, when they commit to school, don't really care who the coach is in reality. It's more of, you know, I, I really like the university. And that's why you'll see some people say, don't commit to a coach. Commit to university. That's who. That's where you're going to be. You know, that school is going to hire a coach. If they don't hire the coach you like, hey, you leave. If they fire the coach or the coach leaves, et cetera. But if you love the university, it's going to be a lot easier to stay there. So, you know, it, it, there's some positive news with the fact that Arizona got a commitment on Tuesday in Colby Cage. Um, I, I don't think he's a bad commitment. I think he's a solid uh, guy to pick up. I like his versatility. Uh, but Arizona realizes how important this class is. I mean, this class is really really important. And Paul Rhodes is an analytical football guy, and they're not going to rush out and grab guys just to grab them. And with spring football being hurt by the fact that there's a pandemic, just in case you missed it, <laughs> uh, these coaches can't go on the road and evaluate. And for a new defensive staff, that's tough. Like the fact that Greg Burns can't go on the road and evaluate makes it tougher on him. 
Um, Paul Rhodes being a new defensive coordinator. Andy Boo being a new position coach. I mean, you look around. Arizona's got new position coaches on the defensive side of the ball, but they can't go on the road and evaluate, and that makes it really difficult. And what you are going to see, and I'm not making this up, you know, it's sourced, is this class is going to be extremely defensive heavy. They are basically telling Paul Rhodes, go get the guys you need to get to change this into a winning program. We think the offense is going to be there. We like Grant Gunnell. We like our running back group. Go get the defensive players we need because Arizona's losing Tony Fields and Colin Schooler. And we can debate their impacts, and, and I know there's probably mixed responses, but at the end of the day, they're the best that Arizona probably has. And so you got to take a look, and you got to add guys that will make immediate impacts. And I think that what we're seeing is Paul Rhodes and company aren't going to rush out and land guys just to land them. They're going to land guys that they believe can turn this thing around. And it is a much slower process than we've seen in the past. But, you know, keep in mind when Arizona was going fast with recruiting and taking guys that had no business, you know, taking an Arizona Scott, like they've taken guys that we all knew. And Rich Rod did the same thing. Nobody looked at certain kids and go, man, that kid's awesome. You know, or that kid's going to be good at Arizona. There were certain kids where you said to yourself, what are they doing? And I'm not going to name names because of what I said earlier would be hypocritical. But I don't think Arizona is necessarily in that position right now. I think they're going to be very careful with the guys that they're taking defensively because they know that their jobs probably rely on it. And a lot of these guys that they're going to take in their minds are going to be more of immediate impact guys as opposed to the long road answer because the long road answer really doesn't help Arizona if there is no long road. If the end of that road means that they're out of jobs – Uh, We all know how that kind of winds up. So, um, you know, don't fret about Arizona recruiting yet. I completely get the opinion that it's not headed in the right direction. And I'm not even saying I I disagree. Uh, But it is extremely early in the recruiting process for people to to jump to any conclusions right now. Um, With that being said, uh, appreciate you for joining me. Um, again, we're going to have a podcast about the rankings. I think people generally will be happy about the basketball rankings that you've probably already seen by the time uh, this comes out. Um, and once again, I thank you for joining me. I'm Jason Shear, Senior Editor of Wildcat Authority, and this has been the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.